Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church, with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine as in those days. Get ready for this timely teaching and encouraging word. Be continuing on the series of getting prepared. You see, we we started about three Tuesdays ago, wherein I was talking about things that we need to do to be prepared for the days that are ahead. You know, we spoke about, you know, getting prepared for the days ahead. And we went all the way to the book of Zechariah chapter 14, where we talked about the the third and the two thirds, the remnants, and how they would go through, overcome, and then proceed uh, to into the furnace to come out as gold. And of course, you know, it's not like we're going to be passed through the fire, uh, literally. Uh, but in reality, what it refers to is the fact that we need to be prepared for the kind of purifying that God has for his church. We need to be purified because as you know, Jesus is coming back for a church that is without blemish. And the work of preparation and getting us ready and getting us prim and proper and getting us sanctified and ready for the master's use is going to be done by God himself. God cares so much about his church, about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave the work to someone else. And that is the reason why for those of us who are saved, who have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus Christ, we have been equipped with gifts under the oversight of the Holy Spirit. First of all, you need to be a son of God to move in the gifts of the spirit because as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. And so if you haven't come to know the Lord Jesus as your, uh, if you haven't come to profess, haven't believed the Lord Jesus as your savior, if you haven't come to accept him and to receive him, then you are still outside of this bracket that we're talking about. But a communion house, as much as we know that our primary assignment is the equipping of the saints, the restoration of the early church, we still know that part of the calling of every believer is to win souls, is to disciple men. And that is the reason why as often as we have the opportunity, we want to give you a chance to come and know the Lord Jesus Christ, professing him as your Lord and Savior. Now, you may have done so at some point, but then because of the cares of life and because of evil association, you may have found yourself in a place where you no longer believe or in a place where you may have even taken it a step further by denying uh, the Lord Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you've done that, don't just assume that because you once did it, I haven't denied him. You'll be fine. I want to encourage you to make it priority to get to that place of confessing that he is the Lord once again. Why? Jesus said, whoever denies me before the before men, I will also deny before my father in heaven. So I want to encourage you. If you haven't come to know the Lord, particularly in the times that we're in, if you're still full of questions, I don't believe that your innermost questions and your deepest questions are going to be answered while you are still outside. A lot of the things that the atheists, a lot of the things that folks question about the things of life and ultimately the things of God are actually things that are secrets of the kingdom. They are things that are reserved for those who are on the inside. Let me say that again. Many of people want to first of all know the things of God before coming to God. 
Many people want to, first of all, know. They want to have all of these mysteries revealed and all of these questions answered before coming to accept and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I tell you what, the Bible says that whoever must come to God must, first of all, believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One of the rewards that you get when you come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ is you get access into the secrets of the kingdom. For the word of God lets us know that the things of God, the secret things of God, they belong to us and to our children. They belong to those of us who have come to believe by faith. And so I want to encourage you, don't you stay out there saying, oh, what kind of God would allow so much evil to be in the world. Don't be out there questioning what kind of God would allow people who are called by his name to do this and to do that. You may criticize the things that are going on in the world as much as you want. You may criticize the people of God and judge us from a distance as much as you want, but that is not how to get the answers that you most earnestly crave. The way to get it is to say yes to that invitation. The way to get it is to come to believe in your heart. As the Bible recommends, with a heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I want to serve this invitation first of all to those people who are standing on the sidelines and to those people that are still outside the fold if by some reason by some divine orchestration or from your standpoint by some coincidence you have come in contact with this broadcast today i want to encourage you that there is no other name under heavens that we have that is available for salvation other than the name of Jesus. There is no other way to the Father but by him. There might be many religions out there, but that is not what the invitation is about. The invitation is about having the relationship with the almighty God who created you and had a function and a purpose for you in this world. Some of those things you question, he wants to answer them to you personally because you are that special and you are that unique to him and in his, in his eyes there is no other one like you why don't you give them a chance to answer your question why don't you begin by taking that step of faith and saying God, I know that I've been running away from you for so long. I know that I've allowed my heart to be filled with doubts and questions when I can just allow myself to accommodate the faith to believe in you and come to him in all humility. And I guarantee you one thing, there is no one who comes to God who gets turned away for he said it in his word. He said, no one that comes to me will I cast away in no way, in no wise, which means by no means will I cast away. So I want to encourage you. It's time for you to come home. It's time for the sinner to come in. It's time for the prodigal to come home. It's time for us to come in because the way to live and enjoy the fullness of life is to hear what God is saying. For you as a man cannot live by bread alone. You cannot live by the providence of life alone, by eating, by drinking, by walking around, by vitality in your bones. No, you cannot live by those alone. You need every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's not going to be yelling to you from the inside out. He's going to speak to you as a dear son and daughter when you allow yourself to come into the fold. The summary of my charge today is for you to let go of the question and receive the invitation to be part of God's family. If you are one of those people saying right now, it's high time I came home. It's high time I allowed myself once again to believe and to profess, to confess that Jesus is Lord. I would love for you to reach out to us, maybe in the DM or send us 
send us a private DM on social media, or you can send us an email to info at communion.house. Reach out to us. Go to our website. There are many other ways to reach us from there, including the telephone call. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to pray with you. We want to share with you the story of our own victories in this life so that you can learn the things that we have learned and you can learn more of your on your own of the things that God is showing to you. And as you may, as for, for those of you who are a bit more familiar with my teaching ministry, uh, you might be able to tell that that wasn't planned, that that wasn't part of what I was getting on to say, but it was just something that became um known to me as I grab this microphone that there may be some people watching this either live or a bit afterwards who need to be reminded of that invitation that is always waiting, who need to know that the Lord Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. Now, I'm also going to say this to you if you're saying, well, I, I've i never denied the Lord. I don't even doubt that he exists, uh, but I just like to be um, conscious of what I'm doing and able to reason through all of the things that I'm doing logically. Uh, I want to say to you, you need more than just logic reasoning to press into the fullness of what God has for you. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not go back to heaven after Apostle Paul died. Neither did the Holy Spirit go back to heaven once missionaries started boarding ships to Africa. The Holy Spirit is still here. The Bible says he remains our seal unto the day of the Lord Jesus Christ and beyond. The Holy Spirit is for, with us forever. And so I want to encourage you. Why don't you take advantage of this third person of the Trinity, as we call him. Why don't you take advantage of the Holy Spirit that was with Jesus, that allowed for him to go about and do the good that he did? Why don't you take advantage of that and open up your heart to enjoy that sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The apostles enjoyed that sweet communion of the Holy Spirit in the same way that you are expected to enjoy that sweet fellowship today. There is no better way to prepare, folks, for what is coming. There is no better way to prepare for the mission that God has for you. There is no better way to prepare, even for you, my brothers and sisters, to prepare for the harvest than to hear what the Holy Spirit is is saying unto the churches. Make that, renew that commitment to the Holy Spirit today. It is the number one preparation. It is the number one step that everybody needs to take because if you don't hear what he is saying, you will be led astray by what the world is saying. And remember, the world is not just the media. The world also consists of the false prophets and teachers who disguise themselves as their father, Satan, as angels of light, who say the things that many want to hear, but not necessarily saying what God is saying. And the only way to be honest, to be able to genuinely test all spirits to know that which is of God is to have the Holy Spirit within you that bears witness with your spirit. To have the Holy Spirit within you speaking to you from the inside out, even affirming the truth of the word of God into your heart right from your innermost being. That is the safest means of communication. A communication that cannot be polluted by the world because it's not coming from the outside. It is originally from the inside. And I hope that encourages somebody today to renew and to re-examine their commitment 
or their relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the same spirit that was upon Jesus that is available to be upon you because God, when he poured out his spirit upon all flesh, the Bible says he did it without measure. And so it's not that because Pastor Will and his wife are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is not enough wind left to come into you. No, there is enough Holy Spirit to go around and to go beyond. And so take yourself out of the place of not knowing what's in the heart of God and Position yourself in the corridors of power where you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying unto the churches. Praise God. Alrighty. Now let's move on. As I was trying to get into the teaching of today, um, I was going to first of all commend, uh, Will, our, 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 the outreach pastor here at Communion House for the summary that he did. Uh, we appreciate you greatly and I'm glad the way you put it together. You know, I think you went back almost like three or four weeks into some of the teachings, um, that we've been doing for those people that may be watching for the first time, the house to house life or the Tuesday prophetic teaching as some still refer to it. Uh, I believe that summary helps you to get caught up some, but if you want to get up more, get caught up more than some, all of those messages and teachings are available on our YouTube page. On our Facebook page, you can just go to YouTube slash Communion House and subscribe, and then you can watch the rest of the messages. I mean, you can watch the full series, be going back as far as the beginning of the year and beyond. Uh, but in particular, I want you to pay attention to the things that I've been teaching in the last month on Tuesdays and on Sundays as well, because they will bless your heart uh because at the end of the day there is a reason why god has given gifts to the body there is a reason why god raises prophets and teachers and there is a reason why these ministry gifts are available the bible makes it clear they are for the equipping of the saints and for the perfecting of the body and so god wants each and every one of us to be equipped and that is the reason why he's raised up voices that will speak his mind as the word of god says let everyone who speak speak as an oracle of god and so it is with much delight that I get to do this because I know the importance, the significance, and the value of each and every one of us declaring and professing with all boldness and confidence that which the Lord has revealed to us. We know in parts, the Bible says, and we prophesy in parts. If I hold back that which the Lord has shown to me, I may be delaying the progress that you need to make in your race of life, simply because there is a reason why God raised me up so that I can share with you that which I know, so that you can listen to my story and you also may overcome by the words of my testimony as I allow my life to boldly declare the authority that is in the name of Jesus, to allow myself to be an example of the humility that we saw in the life of Jesus and to also allow myself and my testimony that I get to share with you to be a reflection of the proximity that a man needs to have with the Holy Spirit. And so I am always delighted to be here. Today, what I want to talk about is this. You see, we have read in scripture where the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we started by talking about um, 
how to prepare and how to prepare, we broke it down into the three elements of preparation, which is the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding. We talked about wisdom answering the question, why? Why do we need to prepare? And why exactly is preparation paramount at this time? So we went into the wisdom that answers the question, why? And we did a lot of that study out of the book of Zechariah chapter 14, talking about the reason why a lot of calamity will come into the world and the reason why the world is going to be shaken up is so that the wheat can be separated from the tears so that the children of God can stand away from those who are bowing down to the golden calf because without the shakeup, there will always be a mix-up. And because we have already experienced the mix-up, the moment Satan sowed tears into the field, wherein we are standing with people that look like us, but are committed to Satan, not God, wherein we're doing fellowship and for years, even doing life with those people who are indeed messengers of Satan teaching the doctrines of hell. You see, wherein the world itself has become a reincarnation of Babylon. You know, Babylon and the Tower of Babel, as we talk about it, is actually a system that that thrives on confusion by mixing, wherein all kinds of ideologies have been mixed supposedly with the word of God and with the statutes of God, wherein people themselves have actually been mixed, wherein we have the people of, of God who are named by the name of God and those people who seem to be people of God who are in fact wolves and sheep's clothing. And so without a shakeup, and this shakeup, one of the ways Jesus introduced or talks about the shakeup was this. He told his disciples a parable about a man who had a field. And on his field, he commanded his servants to plant wheat. And at night when they went to sleep, the enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. And when they woke up in the morning, the servants, out of enthusiasm, said to the owner of the field, Oh, master, don't worry about it. We will get it fixed. And, and he looked at them. And while he was yet looking and observing to see what their actions will be, they were springing up to pull out the tears. And the master was like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do it. You do not pull out the tears. Why, let them grow together. And the reason why he said do not pull out the tears is multifaceted. You know, when you talk about people who've studied the agriculture behind wheat and tears, they know that there are benefits to actually having tears amongst wheat. But then the reason why he said not to pull them out is because God has a time for everything. He is the one that makes everything beautiful in its time. And the time for the removal of the wheat of the tears hadn't come because if you do it prematurely, you might end up uprooting some of the wheat. So what did Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them that the owner of the field enlightened his servants. And he said to them, the wheat are the children of the kingdom. The tears are the implants of the world. He said, but my father, when the time comes, that is in the end, will send his angels to come into the field and take out the tears and set them ablaze, then gather up the wheat for harvest. Isn't that awesome? The process of God. Many of us grew up thinking that the wheat will be taken out first. We're going to escape the trauma of this world through the rapture. You see that escapist mentality as what has kept many believers docile when it comes to the things of God. 
Whereas we're supposed to be active and to think like soldiers in the army of God. We're thinking like prisoners of war looking to be rescued. But by the grace of God, that is changing in the times that we're living in because God is raising up voices in the kingdom, in the body of Christ, reminding us of the things that are worth preserving. The righteousness of the believer by Christ Jesus, the peace of the Lord Jesus, and the joy in the Holy Spirit. All these things are made available to you by the ministry of the Holy Spirit and you need to fight to keep them because the enemy is always trying to steal them. And so at the end of the day, when we went in and we talked about the reason why we need to prepare being this shakeup that is coming into the world to produce a cleanup of the mess that the prince of this world has created so that the people of God can stand on one side genuinely distinct from the children of the world. Just like Moses had to call for the children of God who were still on the Lord's side to stand apart from the ones who were shouldering the golden calf. We are going through such a time yet again with the challenges that we have seen, particularly in this year 2020. It is a year wherein we are getting to see many things revealed that are built on sand because the wind is blowing and they're not standing. But the ones who have been learning and teaching also the gospel of truth, of grace and truth are are the ones who have built their houses upon the rock, who aren't just speakers and teachers of the word only, but doers of the same. They are not the ones who encourage you to be confident, whereas in fact themselves are cowardly, but they are the ones who lead by example and take charge as they continue to proceed toward the gates of the enemy. So we talked about the why behind the what. We also talked about the how, which is the understanding behind um preparing for these times that we're in and preparing in the times that we're in for the times that are ahead. Now, I don't mean to repreach all of that message, but every time I'm talking about the why behind the what, which is the wisdom of God for the times that we're in, I get so fired up. So please bear with me. And I'm sure by the time you go back and watch the videos, you can go into the understanding and you can also know about the knowledge of preparation, which is what we need to do to prepare. Because I've taken my time over the last couple of weeks to teach on those things. One of the stops that we made along the way was the story of Gideon in in Judges chapter 7, Gideon, who is also called Jerubbaal, we went through that story as well and we saw the way God prepared his 300, where he prepared his victorious army. We saw the way that he did it. But today what I would love for us to do is come along with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and we're going to begin reading today from verse 12. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and today we're just going to go right into Verse 12, um, if we try to make any stop before verse 12, we may get ourselves in another rabbit trail as it's been on some occasions. Because today I want us to wrap up on the subject of why we need to prepare. And the title of today's message, if you want to have a title for it, is How to Stand. You know, the Bible says that having done all to stand, stand ye therefore. So how to stand as a believer, how to stand in faith, how to stand by faith, how to stand for faith. So we're going, we will be talking about how to stand today. But you see, talking about how to stand is good. But I just want to quickly remind us why we stand. 
A couple of Sundays ago, it might have been two Sundays ago, thereabouts, I spoke around the subject of standing at attention. I think the title of the message on YouTube is called To Be At Alert. To Be At Alert. Because there is a call that is being issued right now by the Holy Spirit for us to do what? For us to be at attention. Jesus said concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he said, I, he said, pray the father that he may send the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, who will bring to your remembrance everything that I have taught you. In another place, he said to them, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will reveal to you what is in the mind of the father. He will not say anything of himself only that which the father reveals and what did jesus tell us about the last days jesus tells us about these days and these times that we're living in to take a particular posture and the posture that jesus asked us to take is that of vigilance he said be sober and be vigilant and i heard it about two weeks ago i heard it very clearly as the holy as i was seeking the holy spirit concerning the church he said to me be at alert be at attention and i brought that word to us in the teaching in the sunday afternoon teaching talking about why we need to be at alert and i spoke to us uh from the story of jerubeal also known as gideon and how god made the requirement for making the final selection of those in his army alert i mean attention attentiveness alertness you need to be at alert you can't afford to be drunk by the wine of deception you cannot afford as a believer in the times that we're in to be intoxicated by what intoxicated by the cares of this world the bible says that there is no one who is serious about being in a warfare that will have allow himself to be drowned in the cares of this world for those of you familiar with the king james translation this is what it says it says no man that worrieth entangles himself in the affairs of this world if truly you know that the lord has called you to fight a good warfare and if you've come to know that the things that you are fighting to protect are not the houses that you have built or the cars that you drive but the righteousness the peace and the joy it is very important because if we don't know what we're truly fighting to possess and to claim back in terms of territories from hell, we will feel or we might feel defeated because the enemy shows us things that we have lost, whereas they are things that are of no value to us as far as kingdom people are concerned. I say that because of the fact that I know that many of soldiers of the cross are falling by the wayside simply because when the Lord said to them to sell all and follow him, they went away sorrowful. So I want to encourage you folks, here is the deal. When we talk about standing, let's talk about standing the way Jesus said it. He said, be sober and be vigilant. He said, be sober and be vigilant. Vigilance has to do with standing in the right place at the right elevation with the right kind of alertness. I may be very alert, but if I am not thinking or operating at the level that I should be operating at, I am limited in the scope of what I can see. 
So those are the things that I would like to talk to us about today, speaking about how to stand. So Jesus said it, the Holy Spirit is bringing it to our remembrance. And I am not, by the grace of God, the only person speaking and preaching alertness in the times that we're in. A man of God by the name of, um, oh goodness, I don't remember his name now, but I know that he's been, God's been revealing great and mighty things to him in these last days. He's had dreams about the times that we're in. And he, one of the things that he keeps saying at the end of his videos is brace up brace up you see i'm telling you it is no prophecy of doom to tell you as a believer to brace up it is exactly what jesus says he says do not be drunk with the carousing of the world he said be sober and be vigilant in other words he was saying brace up the apostle paul in the book of ephesians chapter 6 he said to us Put on the whole armor of God. The way to stand. There are three things that I want to share with us today about the way to stand. I've already mentioned two of them, but I'm just going to go over them very quickly and a little slowly. The first thing that you need to do in order for you to take a stand is to be awake. Have you tried standing when you were terribly sleepy? Or remember when you were still in the world, I'm not talking about now because now you're saved, praise God. But when you were still in the world and you would drink so heavily. One of the most difficult things to do when you're drunk is to stand. So Jesus put the order in front of his disciples and it says you need to be first of all sober. Now someone says, but I don't drink anymore. I am saved. I'm a born again Christian. So what kind of soberness are you talking about? The word of God says, and you can look this up later on. I'll, I'll skip a lot of the references or skip mention to save time. But the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine wherein there is excess or dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would the word of God compare being filled with the Holy Spirit with being drunk with wine? The answer is very simple. The answer is this. The reason why most people drink wine is actually the same reasons why we need the Holy Spirit. Many people drink wine because of the sorrow of their hearts, because they want to lighten the weight on their hearts, so they drink wine. But in reality, when you have sorrow in your heart, what should you do? You should go to the Holy Spirit, the one that activates the fountain of joy. That is just an example. Another reason why people drink wine is when people are in a good mood and they want to celebrate, they drink wine. But then in reality, when we feel like we are in a good mood and where in fact we are in a good mood, it means one thing. It means we are in a good place. You see, a lot of people have not yet realized that what it means to be in a good mood is to be in a good place. And that is the reason why some people's moods are always swinging back and forth because they're not steadfast in the place that they should be. When your heart is secure in the presence of the Lord, you are in a good place. You would always be in a good mood spiritually. 
You may not be happy with what's going on, but you will have joy having that confidence that God is on your side. And so how does that relate to the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And the presence of God that you and I enjoy today is not that. It's not the omnipresence of the Father, but it is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So you should rejoice in the Holy Spirit. You should take to the Holy Spirit whatever weighs your heart down because it is by reason of the anointing that yokes are broken and burdens are lifted. And so the Bible is letting us know that stop going to things when you can go to him, the Holy Spirit. So for the believer to be awake and to be sober from drunkenness and from carousing, you need to recognize the things in your life that have taken the place of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way to be awake. I tell you what, there are people will wherein if they cannot decide what to do, rather than consult with the Holy Spirit for guidance, they rely on money. So if I can't decide whether to take vacation in Europe or to go to East Asia, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to buy both tickets because I can afford it. And I'll try this one and see how it goes and try that one and see how it goes. Many of us have decided to put money and the influence of men and the reliance on systems over relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible equates such behavior to drunkenness. Because anything that allows for you to feel the joy, quote unquote, or to have some kind of peace, quote unquote, that is not coming from the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. There are three things the Bible lets us know that the Holy Spirit supplies to the heart of the believer. First, I believe it's in the book of Romans chapter 14, verse 16. It says the kingdom of God is in what? Righteousness, what? Peace and joy. It might be verse 17. But righteousness that does not come by the witnessing of the Holy Spirit to you, telling you you are doing things right, such righteousness is not of God. It is a righteousness that is by works. And the Bible says that any work of righteousness that is not by God is like filthy rags. And so if you have become confident in your righteousness because of the works that you do, because of the things that you abstain from, and because of the political party that you belong to and the people that you associate with, you are being drunk with those things instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is thing number one. You need to be sober. To be sober means let nothing take the place of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart. Can I give us one more example? Now, this is an example that many people struggle with. But it's an example that is worth giving anyway. Now, remember the wedding in Cana of Galilee, where the first recorded miracle in the Gospels, as we know it, was when Jesus turned water into wine. Do you know that there is a kind of drunkenness that comes from taking that which you have prepared for yourself. Many people are unable to fulfill the call of God upon their lives because they do not stretch their faith beyond their own preparation. The people who came to that wedding had prepared wine that was supposed to last them for the party. But then after a while, that wine ran out. 
Some people would have just said, that is the end of the party. I am going home. And they would have gone home drunk with wine. But you see, what happens is when they thought they had had something good, Jesus came and gave them something right. And that is what happens to many of us. Many of us, we set out in our hearts to say, you know what? I have prepared to do this and to do that. I am going to the temple to worship. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. That ambition drives you so strong that you find a man on the side of the road that is wounded. And you're like, I'm sorry you may be wounded, but I am going to the temple. Do you know that many of us, because we are so drunk with the ambitions that we have in our hearts, by preparation, we make no room for the leading of the Holy Spirit. It is a form of spiritual drunkenness, wherein you are only under the influence of your passion, the influence of your preparation, and the influence of your ambition. And it doesn't allow you to look to see what the Lord is doing. And that is the reason why the Bible says that the wind blows where it wishes. So is anyone that is led by the Spirit. The wind blows where it wishes. So is anyone that is led by the Spirit. And so if you do not make room for the Holy Spirit in your life, you are seen by heaven as already being complacent with what you have drunk. So heaven labels you drunk because you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with other things. We need to learn how to make sure that nothing gives us more joy than the whisper of the Holy Spirit in our ears. That nothing gives us more peace than knowing fully well that we are led by him. And nothing makes us feel more right than knowing fully well that we are not alone in this world, but we are with the Holy Spirit who leads us in the way that we should go. So that is thing number one, you need to be awake. Thing number two, to stand means... To be vigilant or to be vigilant means to stand and to stand in the right place. Solomon put it this way. He said, do not hurry out of the presence of the king. Why stand in an evil place? If you're not standing where you should stand, you may be standing in an, in an evil place. Why is that important when it comes to vigilance? You see, if you have a watchman who is watching over a city and the watchman who is watching over a city is sitting beside a well in the center of town, just refreshing his own self. He keeps drawing water and he keeps drinking. Water is good. Being by the well is not bad, but at the end of the day, I tell you what, he is not where he needs to be. Could we have a stop to whatever y'all are doing is distracting me a little bit. So just get it to a point that's comfortable and just leave it. Okay, good. So at the end of the day, you see, water is a good thing. Being by the well is not an evil thing. But essentially, he is a watchman. That is not where he needs to be. I may be a member of a local church where the sermon is interesting. Where the singing is very harmonious. But guess what? I only go there to watch and be served. I don't even know the names of anybody. I don't fellowship with anybody. I just turn up on a Sunday. And as soon as 
the grace is shared. I'm the first to pull my car out of the parking lot. Now, being in the congregation is not evil. Being with other believers is good. Enjoying the, the atmosphere of worship is not evil. But then at the end of the day, are you supposed to be standing in the house of the Lord waiting to be served? Or are you there to seek an avenue to be a blessing to somebody else? To wait after the service to pray for somebody? To engage other people and know exactly where you can connect with them afterwards and do life with them. Because the early church did not just settle for going to church only once a week and check the box. They did life with each other all through the week. The Bible says, and daily they continued in the doctrine of the apostles. Preaching the doctrine of the apostles is preaching the doctrines of the kingdom, in case you did not know. But they also, beyond continuing in the doctrine of the apostles, they broke bread from house to house, singing and encouraging one another in hymns and in spiritual songs. And the Bible says, by so doing, they were peaceable amongst themselves. Because there's no way you're going to go breaking bread from house to house that you're not going to have to serve somebody. Now, you're not going to have to serve in some capacity or the other. You will have to serve in some capacity or the other simply because when you are in a smaller group of people, there isn't much of a place to hide. And let me tell you something, folks. It is not wrong the things that you have been doing, but they may not be the things that the Lord expects of you at the time that we're in. It is time for you to get up from that well in the middle of town where the action is, so to speak, and go onto the outskirts so that you can go up the watchtower and from there show your vigilance for the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, it is not just enough to stand. You may be standing in an evil place. Let's quickly read this Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. And this is what it says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in, in the heavenly places. And some of you have heard me speak about the fact that. Part of our equipping in these last days, in these last days, is to know who we are battling against. Because every age has a different spirit. Remember, the Bible says it here, that against the rulers of the darkness of this age, each age has its own rulers of darkness. The same way we vote presidents in and out every four years is also the way there is a change of God in the realm of the spirit. And so if you don't know the spirit of the age that you live in and you only rely on books that were written in 1987 on the anointing, you may be kidding yourself because the truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit is available to reveal to you what you're dealing with in this age. And I made a commitment, I believe, on Saturday night to the people that were at the in-person meeting that we had here that I would love for the people to hold me accountable because I would want to teach one of these days on the spirit of the age. And I told them the name of the spirit of the age. I'm not going to say it here because I want you to go listen to it. I don't want you to take it out of context. So go listen to it because it is very critical. It is important. And I'm going to say this and bring it to a close. But the Bible says, therefore, take up the whole, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. When does the Bible say that you need to be mindful of standing where you should be in the evil day? 
I don't know what news you have been listening to, but if you haven't been listening to prophetic news, let me help you out. We are in those evil days. And I tell you what, the cup of wickedness would have to be full before the son of God returns. And that is the reason why it's almost as if disasters have been accelerated. It's almost as if deception is being fueled. And it's almost as if everything that is wrong with the world is becoming more pronounced. And the reason why that is, is because prophecy has to be fulfilled that says perilous times shall come. And when that, when, when they come, you aren't supposed to panic and plead and beg for the rapture so that you can escape the mess. You are supposed to overcome whatever the opposition throws your way. But more importantly, you are supposed to be purified and refined in the fire that has been heated up in the last days. But the only way the fires of the last days and the furnace of the end times, even the flames of hell, the only way that will do you good and help you to be better refined is if you are standing upright, putting on the whole armor of God. So the second thing is you need to stand in the right place. And what is the right place to stand? We need to stand in the place wherein we're looking out for others. We need to stand in the place of intercession. Gone are the days wherein all of your prayers are just for you and your little self. The days have come right now wherein every man and woman of God needs to stand as a watchman upon the tower looking out for others. Looking to be mindful of what the enemy is doing in the world and being able to alert other people prophetically. Alert other people by intercession. Allow, alert other people by sharing that which the Lord has revealed to you. And so, folks, we need to stop drinking and getting drunk with other substances outside of the Holy Spirit. Your reliance needs to be on the Holy Spirit. You need to stand with the mindset of the kingdom, a mindset that is not seeking self-pleasure, but a mindset that is seeking victory for the body of Christ and for the kingdom of God. That is how to stand right. Now, the third thing that we need to do to stand, Jesus says, be sober, be vigilant. When you stand, let me tell you something. It is not enough for you to see what's coming. You need to be able to summon the army when we stand as a watchtower one of the things that we need to do to stand right is we need to be able to engage the captain of our salvation and i'm going to prove that to you very quickly we're just going to read on a little bit more in this book of ephesians chapter 6 and you're going to see exactly how the apostle paul wrapped up this charge he said this in verse 17 he says take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all manners of prayers and supplication being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints the apostle says, your prayer has to be for all the saints. That's how you are the watchtower. That determines where you stand. But then he also said that you need to pray always. The third thing that I'm telling you today about how to stand is to engage the father 
always. Don't just look out for all the saints, but always look into the eyes of the Father. See what he is saying unto the church. See what he is saying unto you. See what his hand, his hand is doing in the world. If you can combine all of these three things that are ever so related, I'm telling you in one action on some days, you can do all three because the action of asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do I make this move already fulfills the condition of not settling for another kind of wine, but the influence of the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, it fulfills the condition of praying always praying by engaging the third person of the trinity and easily when you make it that decision that is not about yourself not about your own pleasure but when you make it about the advancement of the kingdom and the equipping of the saints you would have covered all three grounds because one of the things that we need to be mindful of in the last days is this the bible says in the last days men will become lovers of themselves lovers of pleasure more than they are lovers of god and so that is the reason why it is very critical for us and i want to speak to men of god and women of god those people that god may have committed one ministry or the other into their hands i want to say to you let it not be about what you can get let it always be about what you can give you have not been called to receive of men but you have been called to raise others and the way you raise others is to pour out what is on your inside don't be the one who waits for everybody to like your post like someone else's post encourage them don't be the one who's waiting for others to come and serve at your meetings why don't you find how you can serve other people encourage those people you know you know those people who are in your ministry who are in your acquaintance who are teachers of the word who prophesy who can pray and intercede encourage them support them encourage them to host meetings in their houses and go there and be part of the congregation there and listen and let somebody else prophesy and speak over you i want to encourage you folks in the times that we're in the devil will continue to destroy those people who are self-seeking and self-centered because one of the weapons of the enemy these last days is greed don't let him catch you be the obed edom of this time one who is ready to serve other men prayerfully by intercession and by following the leading of the holy spirit and that is where i'm going to be hanging the boots today but I want to encourage you, do not just be hearers of what's been said here only, but be doers. Take these three things and begin to practice them. And I guarantee you that the God of peace will make his power manifest through your obedience and others will be lifted up by your submission in the mighty name of Jesus. But I don't want to wrap up this broadcast today without praying for folks. I want to pray for you if you're out there and you're saying, wow. All of these things make sense, but I just feel like I am just too, I don't know, too far out. I just feel like these things, are, they sound like they're the right things, but I just feel like I have been doing the opposite of these things. Or I don't feel like I am up to speed, that I need some cranking up. I need some help. I want to pray with you today that the fire that is on the inside of you will receive a fanning by the wind of the Holy Spirit. That supernaturally you will awaken unto righteousness and not continue where you have been. I pray for you today that the same boldness that was in the heart of Joshua and Caleb with which they went into enemy territories, even the territory of giants, and still came back confident that their God is able, that 
such boldness by the Holy Spirit will be stirred up on the inside of you with which to say no to the sons of disobedience, with which to say no to those people who are always trying to get you into corruption. You know your problem. When others come and they say this is the way, you don't want to seem like the oddball and you just want to go with the flow. Today I declare that you will be delivered from such attitudes of following the crowd and recognize once again that you are light in this world know for sure that all that you need is available in your relationship with the holy spirit so rise up in the mighty name of jesus rise up with all boldness and confidence to say no to the companion of fools to say no to those people whose hearts are set on destruction and say yes to the leading of the holy spirit and i also pray for you that the Lord God Almighty will lead you into that congregation of the righteous. will connect you with saints who are earnestly anticipating the victory that is ahead over the kingdom of darkness. That the Lord will connect you with those people who are not encumbered by the cares of this life. Who have not entangled themselves with fame and wealth. Those people whose hearts are still set on enjoying sweet fellowship with one another in simplicity and enjoying that holy communion with the holy spirit in power in the name of jesus amen amen and amen god is good Alrighty, and so that's it folks those of us that are here because today by the grace of god i've got my sister gina here with me i've got james here with me as well and those of us that are here together with pastor will uh we will go ahead and break bread and i want to encourage you do the same where you're at why don't you go grab something out of your fridge wine juice whatever it is um, that you want to use today uh, to take the communion go and grab that grab some bread or grab some grab some crackers if you would and let us break bread together in fact you can join us from wherever you're at i know that we've already gone over the hour mark uh but there should never be a time we'll pass on an opportunity to enjoy some breaking of bread together pastor will thank you so very kindly appreciate that greatly Alrighty, as it is our custom here at Communion House, whenever we're breaking bread, um, we, we like to stand in reverence. And so um, if you want to join us, you can stand where you're at and, and take the bread and the wine and say these words with me. Um, and if you want, you can say your own prayer. I only provide these um, lines as a guide. So can we, shall we all rise and, um, and break bread together? So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of doing this as you have commanded in remembrance of you, Jesus. So, Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your body that you that was broken for us, for your blood that was shed for us. As we do this today, we do it in remembrance of you. Like you took the bread, we take the bread and say, as you said, this is your body that was broken for us. And we also take the wine and say, this is your blood that was shed for us. As we do this today, we do it in remembrance of you. Not because we forget you, but because the powers that be and the forces that govern life need to be reminded that your sacrifice was for us. They need to be brought to remembrance that all that pertains to life and godliness, even all the things that pertain to our life and godliness has already been given when your sacrifice was made. And so we'll call to remembrance the forces that govern life and we say to them, it is for us that Jesus died, that we may live the glorified life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take of the Lord's body, and you may also drink of his blood.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. All righty. And um, I think Pastor Will may have some announcements for us uh, for the rest of the week, things that we have to look out for. And so please hang in there and just uh, listen to these announcements. And hopefully we'll get to see you in person one of these days. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And we pray this podcast has blessed you today. For more information about this church, check out www.communion.house. That's www.communion.house. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Communion House. Hungry for more life-giving content? Head over to Communion House on YouTube for a full catalogue, live and on demand. We're honoured to have your audience. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you and God bless you today.